I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 395. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I want to have a heart of gratitude, don't you? I want to have a thankful heart that can identify things to be thankful for every day throughout my environment. I want my thankful antenna to be up and receiving transmission. This week's song, Thank You, Lord, by Chris Tomlin, featuring Thomas Rhett and Florida Georgia Line. It's a beautiful reminder to be thankful for the big and small things in our lives. But more than that, it inspired me to dig into scripture. But before we get to that, let's listen. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs. And that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done For my mama, for my friends, for your love that never ends For the songs that make us dance on this old dirt floor For my babies, for my girl, for the way they changed my world Waking up today, yeah, I just gotta say took the bite of exploring a topic this week, and BITE is an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercise. These are simply the exercises I use to interact with God's Word, but when I was thinking of our song, the thought crossed my mind that Paul began so many of his letters thanking God for the readers of his letters, just like the artists thank God for the people in their lives in our song. But more specifically, Paul spends time thanking God for evidence of him in the lives, in his life, in the readers' lives and things like that. So even when it's about us, it's about him. And isn't that wonderful? And I say I sort of took the bite of exploring the topic of thankfulness because I didn't really see, um, I didn't, you know, generally when I take explore a topic, I, gen- I see what scripture says about thankfulness. But more than that, I took a deep look at the introductions of some of the New Testament epistles or letters that begin with, I give thanks, or I thank my God, or some such phrase. It's been a completely different kind of week for me, but it's been really fun, uh, and I can't wait to walk you through it. And if you take the time to do it for yourself, I think you will discover what I discovered and more. So I flipped through the New Testament and I picked out those letters that had a thankful phrase near the beginning of the letter. And I determined that it included Romans chapter 1 verses 8 through 15, 1 Corinthians 1 verses 4 through 9, Philippians chapter 1 verses 3 through 11, Colossians chapter 1 verses 3 through 14, 
First and Second Thessalonians chapter one verses two and ten, and chapter one verses three through four. Second Timothy. Timothy chapter one, verses three through 18 and Philemon verses four through seven. Now, don't worry. I've jotted these verses, uh, these references down for you, and I've put them in the show notes and you can find that at michellenizat.com forward slash three nine five. So I took, oh, once I kind of flipped through the Bible and then I read through them, I mean, I just took the opportunity, read it, right? Read it once, read it again and again. But I went ahead and jotted these scripture references down Then I looked them up online and I copied and pasted those verses into a Word document. I made the font a little bigger. I double spaced it. I made the right margin four inches so that the column of the text was on the left and there was room for me to write stuff on the right. And if you head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 395, I'm going to link a copy of the PDF with my scribbles and highlights, because if you're like me, you probably need an example if you're a visual person. And then, uh, by the way, while you're on the website, just go ahead and subscribe to my email list. If you're already a subscriber, the show notes for this episode are already in your inbox. The link to that example PDF is there and uh, for you. So anyway, that's just all for you. But if you print out the text like this, so the reason I copied and pasted it into Word was so that I could print it out and mark it up. And that is the bite. That's a Bible interaction tool exercise. Mark up the text. I also thought about pulling out my illustri- uh, illuminated scripture journals and doing this in them as well. You can mark up your Bible too. There's so many options. Just do what works for you. But please take the bite of marking up the text. This extra step, it really will make a huge difference in your learning and in what you retain and also in God's revelation to you. So my next step was to take the bite of starting with God because our tendency is to start with the theme, right? So what is Paul thankful for? And while I know I want to do that, I want to make it my habit to start with God. I want to start with God in my prayers. I want to start with God in my worship. I want to start with God in my Bible study time as well. But I found starting with God in these verses is a little trickier than in other areas of scripture that I've used this bite before. For example, it's super easy to start with God in the Psalms where we learn about his character, his conduct, his concerns. It's very easy when it says, God is my help and shield, right? So, uh, but what can I learn about God in these opening lines of these various letters? This was the question that I posed myself. Uh, We shall see, of course, but I took out a green marker and I highlighted phrases that had something to do with God, maybe a mention of his name or a characteristic that may be listed. So that was green. I started with God. Then I took out a pink highlighter and highlighted anything that Paul said he was thankful for. And then I took out a blue highlighter and highlighted anything that indicated Paul's concerns. Now this, no one's going to grade you. I found on one letter that I was highlighting things in pink that later I realized if it's a prayer of Paul's, then that's really something he's concerned about. Not necessarily he's something he's thankful for. And so, I mean, I broke my own rules. <laughs> Again, just there's, this is just a way to interact with God's word. You will see the benefit. Don't get hung up in the colors or the process because it's going to lead to a destination. So let's focus on that. But when I start with God, uh, one of the things I look for is to see if I can identify what a a concern of the Lord might be. Of course, these are real letters written to real people and canonized in scripture for us. So I don't think it's too much of a leap to, to suggest that whatever Paul seems to be concerned about 
is a concern or emphasis of the Lord as well. And at the minimum, it reflects a concern of one of our spiritual fathers and an apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so for that reason, it's worth our attention. So my next step, though, was to translate those highlights, my start with God, my thankful for, and my Paul's concerns lists into, uh, or highlights into lists. I took the bite of making a list in the margin of the text, grouping my main topics, starting with God, thankful for, and Paul's concerns. So that's why I had that, that nice wide margin to the right of the text. And then finally, every once in a while, I would do a word study on a word. I would circle it. In the text, I would draw an arrow to a synonym or a definition that helped me understand it a little deeper, and I'll walk you through that in a minute. So hopefully you can visualize everything I've just said so that we can jump into Romans chapter 1, verses 8 through 15. Now, the reason that we're not jumping in at verse 1 is because that's the part of the letter that generally introduces the author and the audience. All very good information to study. I'm just skipping it for this particular exercise, not because it's not important, but because I was really trying to focus my efforts. So let's jump in at verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you who are also who are in Rome. Okay, so when I start with God, I highlighted through Jesus Christ. It says, I think my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. I highlighted God is my witness and I highlighted the gospel of his son and I highlighted God's will. Again, not an exact science, just an exercise. There are no right or wrong answers here. We're just trying to interact with the text in a new way to see if we can see anything new. Now, in my process, I highlighted each of these three categories. Then I went back and made them into lists. This order of things kind of worked well for me, but you do whatever way makes sense to you. So uh, when I went back into my start with God list, this is what showed up in that list um, from Romans. Number one, it's through Jesus Christ that the thankfulness springs. So these are, it says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Number two, God is Paul's witness. It's a turn of phrase, of course, but it also reminds me that God is the one who sees. He is witnessing all of this. He sees it. Uh, Number three, it is the gospel of his son. The gospel is God's good news. And we need to remember that distinction. It is good news, but it belongs to him. It's his good news for us. And then finally, Paul is praying about God's will. Which reminds me that God's will determines our direction, just as it did with Paul here. It's very important to recognize that it's his will that takes precedence. So we could do an entire podcast on just these four things that I have on my start with God list in just this first letter. And I studied all the letters uh, that I listed out for you. You could spend an entire day meditating on these four things. You could spend a day meditating on each thought over four days. There are so many different ways to let the word of God dwell in you richly. But let's move on to my thankful for list. Uh, 
Paul is thankful for the people. It says, I'm thankful for all of you. But I just want to remind you that this phrase represents real people. And then he was thankful for their faith that is proclaimed in all the world. Scripture says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. This was a faith that had gone viral in their day. All right, so those are my thankful things. The next list is Paul's concerns. Obviously, it was a concern of his to have a heart of gratitude. It was repeated in every letter. It is, his, it is his concern to serve God, to be consistent in prayer. He wants to see uh, these these people, these believers in person. He wants to strengthen them by imparting a spiritual gift. He wants mutual encouragement of faith. He intends to visit but was kept from it. He's concerned about a harvest of souls. He's concerned about his duty. He's bound by duty to all kinds of people. And his concern includes the gospel. He was eager to preach the gospel. And while I was reading this text and rewriting it into my list, I I circled the word obligation and I circled the word barbarians, both found in verse 14. It says, I'm uh, under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. And so I wanted to take the bite of completing a word study. I want to walk you through it so you know my process. Uh, I use free online tools to learn more about the word in the original language and text. That's what the bite of doing a word study entails. So I actually use the interlinear tool found in BibleHub.com, but I also know that Blue Letter Bible has this tool, Bible study tools, Logos software, all kinds of different resources. Uh, But in case you've never done this before, I just simply go to BibleHub.com. I search for Romans chapter 1, verse 14. So 1, Romans 1, colon 14. And then over on my desktop, in the right-hand column, there is a context column. And in that area, you can literally click on the word obligation, and it will take me to the Strong's Concordance, where I can see synonyms and a definition of the word. A little further down in that area of Strong's Concordance, it will give me Thayer's Greek lexicon as well to show what the definition would be in the text where I'm reading. So I always look for the verse I'm studying, and in this case, Romans 1, uh, 14, to make sure I'm looking at the right context. I'm going to explain that in a minute. So the word obligation here is a great example because Strong's says it means a debtor, a debtor, one who owes, one who is indebted. That's one definition. Another definition is one who has sinned against another or a sinner. So you've got a debtor or a sinner, which you can see is can be a synonym depending on the context. Obviously, one who owes would be very different than a sinner in this context. So let's keep looking at the information that we can glean from this word study. When we look further down at Thayer's, we see the two options that Strong gave us, but also a little bit more wording, a little bit more information as to which verses this word debtor is used and which verses it is more like a sinner. And we discover that in our verse and a few others, that it is reflective of one held by some obligation. And that's why the translators suggested the word obligation here in the ESV. That's why they said obligation. Uh, Also bound to some duty. And I really liked that. That resonated with me. Paul is bound by a duty to all kinds of people to preach the gospel and reap a harvest. It goes on to say to be under obligation to do something for someone. And so you've got this idea that it is done on behalf of others that the gospel is preached. It is 
to be Paul's encouragement that they respond, of course. it is, But it is for them that the gospel is preached. It, his duty is for their benefit. Okay, so the other way this word is used is in other verses, and it stands for one who is not yet made amends to someone who is injured or one who owes God a penalty or of one of whom God can demand punishment as something that is due. Obviously, our word cannot mean both at the same time. Okay, so just like trunk in the English language can't mean attached to an elephant and be part of a car at the same time. Context matters. So when you're doing these word studies, be sure to stick to the definition connected to the verse you are studying and you will uh, stay in the safe zone. Okay. When I did a word study for barbarians, I discovered it just means non-Greeks. It's not a savage or an uncivilized person like we think of in today's language. It just meant not belonging to the culture of the Greeks, which in their opinion would make them uncivilized in that context, but not the way that we would think of it uh, today. I want to go back to the list of Paul's concerns. Interestingly, Paul's concerns become his prayers for the people that he's thankful for. And isn't that a lesson that we can learn from today? Turn your concerns for others into your prayer for others. Paul wants to come see them. So he asks that somehow it would be God's will to go and visit them. I love that concern and I love that prayer. And it's okay to let the Lord know the desires of your heart. You notice that Paul would only go, though, if it was God's will for him to go. There's a lesson there, too. Feel free to ask the Lord, but keep his will your priority. His longing to see the believers in Rome reveals the depth of this as a concern of his. He It reflects a deep connection to me. It, it, this word, I long to come see you. I cherish deep connections in my life, don't you? I think it's very special that Paul longs to see them. But why? Because he wants to be able to impart a spiritual gift to them and to strengthen them. So a question that I had for myself this week is, are the longings in my heart for deep connection with others for their benefit or for my own? Do I want deep connection so that I can be deeply connected or so that I can be poured out? Yeah, that question hurt my heart too, because I know that sometimes I want the connection without thought for the other person. But Paul makes it very clear that it's okay if it's mutually beneficial. He says in verse 12 that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. But let's, in our own lives, as as we're considering that, let it be mutual. Let it be for them as well, not just for us. And as we wrap up this section in Romans, we see that Paul's obligation is to all people. And so that's why he's been kept from coming to them in Rome, because he's reaping a harvest elsewhere. But just in case he is misunderstood, he adds, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Now, I really wish that I could spend more time sharing what I discovered through this process. It was a a deeply meaningful time in God's word this week. I only showed you one letter and I did so many. Um, What I learned came up in conversation this week. It has definitely transformed the way I think. Hallelujah. That's the goal. I just want to give you a couple of a couple more things that stuck with me from what I studied. Um, First of all, God is the recipient of our thanks because he is the provider of all the things we're thankful for. Another thing that I've thought of is the gospel is of supreme importance to Paul. And so 
I've been reading a little bit more about the gospel. I've been keeping my antenna up as I read God's word. I'm seeking outside resources on the topic as well. Uh, Another thing is that the return of Christ is what we should all be expectant for. It was in so many of those letters. It was um, a high level of concern to Paul. And it it should be for us as well. Another one is that people matter. Their faith stories matter. I should receive them, be thankful for them, and pass them on in my world. And then finally, it should be the habit of my life to lift prayers of thanksgiving to my Heavenly Father. So what's next? We'll choose one or all of the letters from Paul that I list out on the sh- in the show notes to meditate on. Consider who and what he was thankful for. Start with God as your habit for engaging scripture. Identify what Paul was thankful for. Look closely at his prayers and his concerns. And if you engage in several letters, use the Bible interaction tool exercise of comparing and contrasting to see if you can see themes or identify specifics uh, from those audiences of, of that you can see themes of Paul's concerns across a, a variety of audiences. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat or Facebook. Uh, my public page is Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with New Release Today. And NewReleaseToday.com is the most innovative and largest Christian entertainment site online, existing to inform fans immediately about each week's new releases. I'm really excited to be part of this network. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in when you submit your name and email address at michellekneezat.com forward slash 30-day challenge. You're in and you get started, and I walk you through it with uh, just simple thoughts each day to uh, keep you committed to that challenge. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers to my website, like Lois from the Philippines, Tina from Nebraska, Robert from Louisiana, Leanne from Georgia, Kara from the U.S., Twyla from Georgia, Anne from South Carolina, Chrissy from Arizona, Donna from Louisiana, and Maggie from North Carolina. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast It's a great place to start, and you also benefit from that email that I mentioned earlier. I send you the show notes. I include any links to uh, some of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. And I also create a uh, weekly memory verse resource. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, if you have not had a chance to review the podcast in iTunes yet, I would really appreciate it. It really, it encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners and gives me some credibility with people who are looking for podcasts as there are so many out there these days. So if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. 
I am pleased to announce that I will be having a special live discussion with a couple of friends that I've met through my podcasting journey. Three friends, the word, and a song we're going to take. I will trust my Savior Jesus by City of Light and have a discussion. Joel Archiri from Theology of Music podcast, Vince Wright from thebreantest.com, and myself will be live on Facebook, on my Facebook page, Michelle L. Nizat, on Thursday, September 30th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we will also be on my YouTube channel as well. We're going to have a live discussion. I'm excited about the way that we all approach uh, God's word and use music to do it. And I look forward to it. I hope that you will join us on Thursday, September 30th at 9 a.m. Eastern live on one of my channels. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using He Is Yahweh by Blake Reynolds to jump into scripture. Blake's music was referred to me by fellow New Release Today Podcast Network podcaster Janice Regal from over at Just Janice. Check out her podcast and Blake's music on Spotify. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash three nine five. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways. <laughs>